Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is uh, your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio C, by the way. <laughs> this is Studio C, and uh, I'm with a very special guest all the way from Israel, Lars and Arson. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, listen, the pleasure is all ours. Um, so, Lars, uh, you're many things, right? Sometimes when I have guests, it's difficult for me to introduce them properly because, you know, people aren't just one thing, mm-hmm. you know? People mm-hmm. are an author, right? Yeah. I have his book right here, you know? He's also a publisher, I believe, right? Uh, a prayer yeah, we publish our own. Minister, yeah. right? I mean, um, the head of, what is it, the Watchman International, International right? right. Uh, the, uh, the head of the Elijah Prayer Army, Right, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of things that we could say about you. What do you what do you when you introduce yourself to people? What well, do you tell uh, I have a basic calling uh, to prayer. Okay, that's uh, what uh, is the foundation of our ministry. Uh, but uh, this the summary of it is to prepare the way for the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we do that through prayer, and we do it through Bible teaching. So I'm also a Bible teacher, and uh, my passion is to see a restoration of what I call the original Jewish gospel that came out from Jerusalem. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the Christians with Torah and our audience can get on board with that. Right. Without a doubt. I hope so, and uh, that's the passion of my heart. And so we try to make disciples and um, uh, reach the nations based from Jerusalem. So... It's good to be like uh, your pastor calls it on ground zero. Yes, yes. Where it all began and where it's all going to end. Yeah. That's where the gospel came from and that's where it will, that's the focus. Yeah. You know, speaking of the, uh, the Jewishness of the gospel, um, this revelation that people get of of, and, and everybody gets it from somewhere different, right? I've heard so many different testimonies of how people come into, you know, that understanding of the relevance of Torah or the Jewishness of the gospel or, or, or whatever it is. And uh, the, the common thread that happens, all, the, all these people come and the light bulb goes off, right? And then they're lost, they need some direction, right? Because they start reading the Bible for themselves, right? right. So they need a good Bible teacher. Uh, you know, they need <laughs> well, somebody to, to come well, along. We're doing what we can to help. Uh, if anyone is looking for the truth and looking for the original um, message that came out from Jerusalem. Of course, we are privileged because we live in Jerusalem. Yes, what a privilege that must be. So, yeah, we are in the context of a nation that gave us the scriptures and gave us the gospel. So that influences the message. And there is a pattern in the the Word of God 
Um, I can't talk very long without getting into the Bible. Sure, sure. No, please. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in Acts chapter 24, uh, we read what uh, Yeshua said to the disciples after his resurrection. And I can jump in, into verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. And then it comes, beginning from Jerusalem. Huh. So that is what uh, the scriptures say, that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And part of the general message of the scriptures is that this gospel is destined to go forth from Jerusalem. And that's why he told them, make sure that you don't leave this city until you have been clothed upon with power. Yeah. And then it will start by you being my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It had to come out from Jerusalem. And you know the scripture, one of the uh, passages that, that is clear, it says, and teaching shall go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Hallelujah, that's right. Yeah. So when, And that word's uh, Torah, right? The Torah shall go yes, forth. Yes, the yeah. Torah. Torah should go forth. Uh, teaching, Torah yeah. should go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Yeah. So that is important. And it's specifically for those who are involved in this Hebrew Roots movement, and uh, the Hebrew Roots Movement is not destined to come forth from America uh, or, Interesting, you yeah. know, or Spain or, or Russia or anywhere else. I mean, let me clarify. Yes, I think that that's where it will find its uh, uh, proponents or uh, people who, are, who will accept that message right. primarily in the end times. But we have to have the direction from Jerusalem and from the Jewish people in order to find the right path. You know, when Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he had to rebuke them for some things that they were doing wrong, and then he said at the end of that rebuke, he said, um, you know, I just want to ask you, did the word of the Lord originate with you or did it just come to you? <laughs> And that should say it all. I mean, yeah. was it from you in Corinth? Are you the 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 uh, root here? Are you the um, origins? You yeah. know, the ones who came up with this? No, obviously not. Yeah. Obviously not. And and so that should bring them to think straight. And Paul, when he writes to the Romans, and of course Rome being the capital of the empire yeah. in, in those days. He emphasizes something that is uh, maybe surprising to some, but it says um, in verse, from verse 16, um, it says, to be a minister of Messiah Yeshua to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, uh, later on uh, in uh, verse 18, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Messiah has accomplished through me 
to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. And now here it comes. So that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Messiah. So that's a little bit, you know, when you read about it in the, in the book of Acts, he found the Messiah on the road to Damascus. Right, right. And then he um, was sent out from Antioch. Right. So why is Paul saying that it was from Jerusalem that he has preached this gospel? And when you read it a little bit more carefully, you see in his testimony that he gives in, uh, uh, I believe it is in Acts chapter 22, he tells the story of when he had met the Lord on the road to Damascus. Then he says, I returned to Jerusalem and I went into the temple to pray. And there he appeared to me. And he said, leave this place because they're not going to accept your message about me here. And he said, no, no, you know, they know me here and <laughs> how I used to persecute those who believed in you. So, and he said, no, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So that was his, he was commissioned into his ministry from Jerusalem from and Jerusalem. not only from Jerusalem, by the Lord himself from the temple, from Mount Zion. Wow, yeah. Because teaching shall go forth from Zion and the yeah. word of the Lord from Jerusalem. There you go. So it's the pattern yeah. that has to be fulfilled. And, and Paul was careful to emphasize that to the Romans. I have my authority straight from the headquarters from Jerusalem where the Messiah himself appeared to me in the same city where he spoke to his own 12 apostles and told them, you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and then to the endmost, uttermost parts you know, of the earth. The, once, you know, just like the relevance of Torah, mm -hmm. uh, once you get the revelation of the centrality of Jerusalem to mm -hmm. the scriptures, right. then you go back and you read the scriptures and you see it everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, the road to Emmaus, right? Right. The two men are walking and Jesus comes, right? They don't know it's Jesus. And then he's telling them about the things that are in the prophets and, right. and all of these things. And they're, it says their hearts burn within them, right? Yes. And then what do they do, right? They're downtrodden, leaving Jerusalem on the road right. to Emmaus. In the morning when they wake up <laughs> and they realize what happened, what do they do? They turn around and they run as fast but, but as they listen, can. But listen, wasn't it even the same night? It, 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 it's possible. It's possible. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. a small detail. But I think it was even the same night. Yeah. After they had recognized him, they couldn't wait till morning. <laughs> to get back to Jerusalem. Right. Because uh, salvation comes from Jerusalem, right? I mean, yes. that's, this is where does our help come from, right? right. I mean, that's where it is. And so it's... Um, that and that's what it's pointing to, you right. know. Uh, let me give you an exciting passage on that from Isaiah 62. I think I mentioned that on Shabbat here when I spoke in, in your congregation. But uh, this chapter, chapter 62 of uh, Isaiah is all about Jerusalem. And it begins with, for Zion's sake, I will not be si keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. But at the end, the last two verses, and of course in the middle it says, on your walls, Jerusalem, I set watchmen. But it ends by saying this, then behold, the Lord has proclaimed 
to the end of the earth. So Jerusalem is in the center of the nations, yes. Ephesians uh, or Ezekiel 5.5. 5. But the end of the earth is based out of Jerusalem, north, south, east, and west. And here God is speaking to the end of the earth based from Jerusalem. And they are to say to Zion, to Jerusalem, behold, your salvation comes. You are to say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. So it's a two-way thing here. It comes out of Jerusalem, but in the end times, there's also going to be a message from the ends of the earth back to Jerusalem. And that's interesting. But we have to connect first to the root in Jerusalem. Then we can begin to speak. And it says, behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Very exciting things. I don't have time to talk about that now. But in verse 12, they shall be called the holy people. It's the reward that he brings with him from the ends of the earth. It's harvest, it's revival. Uh, will they, when they will be called the holy people and the redeemed of the Lord. But then it says, and you, Jerusalem, shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. So there is a drawing towards Jerusalem in the end times, like a magnet from all the four corners of the earth. Yeah. We're focusing in on Jerusalem, and we are going to... Uh, we're destined to bring salvation to Zion, and that's an awesome responsibility. Oh, absolutely! That uh, so so this is people from all over the world, mm-hmm. right? The ends of the earth will come, right? And they're going to bring this message. They're going to say to the daughter of Zion, right. "Surely your salvation is coming. Behold, yeah. his reward is with him, right? And his work is before him, right? And then they shall call them the holy people. Mm-hmm. So this is the people coming from the ends of the earth, right? The redeemed of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I certainly feel like redeemed of the Lord. I mean, right. I, I mean, I'm one of those people redeemed. You know. Uh, and let me say this: yeah. your the vision here for Beit Tehila is this reconciliation, right? And you see it right here in the passage. Yeah, there is a people from the ends of the earth with a heart towards Jerusalem. And be- why is that hard towards Jerusalem? Because we know that that's where our origins, our roots are. Yeah. So we're drawing from Jerusalem, and we're also seeking out Jerusalem with a message. So yeah. we, we need both um, in, in uh, can I say in your terminology, both sticks that are going to yeah, be, yeah, come yeah. together, right? right There's right. a drawing. Of, of us coming together where yeah. we need the Jewish people. Yes. And uh, yes. desperately, uh, we thank God for them. And um, it's it's really fascinating. But also that God, in, by his grace, is allowing us a part of the process here to have a very important role to play. Yeah. Because it says, first, the fullness of the Gentiles shall come in. Yes. And then all Israel shall be saved. And then it's complete. Hallelujah. You know? Hallelujah. Yeah. And uh, the word for fullness there, you know, it's the word pleroma. Pleroma, yeah, yeah. Pleroma, which has two different um, aspects to it. It's, it's numbers. Yes, it's, it's about that. But it's also about uh, uh, quality. It's not just about quantity, but also of maturity, you know, until we all come to the pleroma 
of Messiah. Yeah, uh, almost grow, like a ripe fruit. Out, ripening, exactly. Yeah, it's the ripening of the harvest that it's ready. It's um, quantity, but it's also quality. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I just recently mm-hmm. uh, I put that verse together with uh, Matthew five seventeen, where Jesus says that He came not to destroy the law, right. but to fulfill it. Right. And so many times we look at that as terminating, right? As finishing or in, in, within generic... Well, it's pleroma. It's it is pleru, it's, right? It's, just a, it's the root of pleroma, right? right? It's a different tense of the word, yeah. but it's the same word. Yes. And so the other image that's given is that it's like a it's cup. It's the opposite of doing away opposite, with. Right. It's bringing it to fullness. Right, that you have a ripening was one, but then also um, like a cup on Havdalah that you pour into, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you do? You pour it until, it's flow. until it overflows. And so it's right. this idea that you're not fulfilling in English has that, that wrong connotation to it. Yes. It's... It's uh, to bring to abundance, to cause to overflow. So just imagine a fountain that has its own source of water <laughs> right. that keeps going. And somebody, everybody's looking around like, oh, this fountain is still pouring out. Now it's right. going over the edges and it's expanding. Right. And, you know, that's It's the, the very opposite of, uh, allow me to use the word, the heresy. Right. That it's all about, you know, to fulfill. It means to do away with. Yeah. When... Yeshua cried on the cross, it is finished. finished. Yeah, right. That that should have anything to do with this. It has nothing to do with it. Right. The word finished is a different word. You know that, right? Yeah. Uh, Telostai, which means to <coughs> to fully pay something. Right. Right. Like to redeem. To redeem. <laughs> That's, I mean, we are the redeemed, redeemed of yeah, the Lord. Yeah, the redeemed of the Lord. To pay in full for their, yeah. our redemption. Right. That's what it was all about. Not to do away with the law. Yeah. Yeah, well, and uh, I heard somebody say one time, and I've I've repeated this several times, but uh, you know, uh, the president has fulfilled the Constitution, so now the Constitution is done away with. You know, <laughs> and so it's like uh, yeah, because that's how, how many people read Matthew five. I'm not come to do away with the law. Yeah. I have come to do away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've come, <laughs> like to do I've come to do that. He's talking out of both sides of his right. mouth. I'm right, I've not come to do away with the law. I have come to do away with it. Until heaven and earth pass away. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will pass from the law until right. all is fulfilled, right? right? It's like, it's a funny... But then what was interesting is putting that verse together with the fullness of the Gentiles, right? And, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's something in the Spirit showing me for personal revelation, but so much time I've spent trying to wonder about this fullness of the Gentiles. And to your point, it being associated with the multitude, right? Or, or mm-hmm. a number, a mm-hmm. numeric fullness. Right. Uh, but also being the maturity. Yeah. So then you put that together with the fact that Yeshua came to fulfill the Torah, yes. to bring it to us. Yeah. So you take the fullness of the Gentiles and the fullness of the Torah. Okay. You mesh the two together, and All now right. you have a, a pleroma. <laughs> You know? A double pleroma. Yeah, a double pleroma, even better, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's used also there um, in, like I said, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 Ooh. and verse 13. Um, I just briefly mentioned it, but it's good to look it up also. Starting to read from verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Messiah 
until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to mature manhood, and here it comes, to the measure of the stature of the Pleroma of Messiah. I mean, I don't even know what to say. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. So that's our destiny to move towards that Pleroma of Messiah. That, uh, and it's not just numbers, of course, because he's only one. But it's right, the right. Pleroma of Messiah is the, he's the head, and we're growing up into, into the, the uh, full maturity. You know, I, it just, I don't know if it's the same word, but it brings to mind, uh, I think it's, what is it, Colossians 2.9, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yes, I believe it's the same word. Look I, at that. I think it's the Pleroma <laughs> again there. You can look it up because I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I am almost certain uh, that it's uh, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells. Yeah. Now I'll let somebody from the audience, they can look that right. up and, and tell and me. They can yeah. uh, send an SMS. Yeah, give yeah. Them a, <laughs> yeah. No, we can do it ourselves. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we're on to something there. I think we've discovered something in the scriptures. Um, my favorite things in the scriptures are what I call threads, and it's things that I feel like that I can weave through, right? Scripture by me. scripture. Same with me. And then I can pull it. Because so many Christians read the Bible with what my son usually calls the, an internal uh, uh, contradiction. <laughs> okay. You know, they read in an internal contradiction in the Bible saying, no, that's the Old Testament. Right, right, right. Now right. we're in the New Testament. Right. Like everything is different like but a reset or something right yeah. uh, that everything is done away with and and it's uh, we don't believe it fully but to, to such a large extent that's a mindset of many christians instead of reading the bible as one book right from right. cover to cover and see that the way of god is eternal yes it, which is also expressed that it is a straight way that never deviates it, it has right. the same direction from beginning to end. And that was the mark of the false prophet that Paul uh, and Barnabas came across at Cyprus. You know, Paul rebuked him and said, uh, will you never stop uh, perverting the straight ways of God? Let me see here, Acts chapter 13. And it says... Um, uh, here, it's very interesting. It was this false prophet. His name was uh, in verse. Oh, I remember six. this. Yeah. His name was. It's interesting. What was his name? Bar Jesus. It right, says. It, right, right. 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 What does that mean? Son of salvation. Yeah, but it means son of Jesus. It right. means a disciple of Jesus. Right. Okay. Okay. So now, do you understand why Paul is calling him? Son of the devil. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Because, now. He, you know, he had a name of, for himself that he, you know, uh, was a son of, <laughs> of Jesus. <laughs> so there's a deeper meaning there. Gotcha. Uh, and he's sort of a prototype for all the false prophets that have come that claim to be followers of Jesus. But are not. But they are instead, they are making, uh, look what it says here. Um, they came, uh, okay, but Elimas, the magician, for that is, that's verse 8 now, 
for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, this is the moment now when the Luke begins to change his name. Where he goes from Shaul to oh, Paulus, yeah, right? Right, yeah. right. So, because before this, uh, Barnabas is mentioned first, Paul second. He was not the first guy. Interesting. He, he okay. was, uh, you know, just in the background here. and But here he steps forth. Yeah, well, and God has anointed the, him, obviously. Yes. Yeah. From this moment, he is mentioned first and Barnabas second. Interesting. Very interesting. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You, son of the devil. And here is what these false prophets who are sons of the devil always do. You enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy. Is that how you pronounce villainy, it? Yep. Villainy, yep. Villainy. Will you not stop making crooked the straight path of the Lord? Wow, yeah. So in Habakkuk chapter 3, it says that God's ways are eternal. Mm -hmm. They don't change because they are straight. But what false prophets do is that they... No, God used to say that, but now he's saying something yeah, It's just else. a slight twist. <laughs> right. Like, oh, and he twists yeah. it and he deviates. Yeah. Actually, I believe that is the basic definition of heresy. Paul is saying, you know, uh, when he writes to the Corinthians uh, or Thessalonians that, um, I think it's to Corinthians as well, but let look at, let's look at the first Thessalonians, Thessalonians passage where he says that... Um, in first or ah, second. Let's, meet, let's see, in second chapter, um, what does it say in your translation? What translation do you use? Uh, this is the New King James. Yes, New King James. I'd like for you to read verse 3. This is in... Uh, first Thessalonians 2. First Thessalonians 2, got it. Right. 2, 3. Yeah. It says, For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, mm -hmm. nor was it in deceit. But okay. as... Keep going? Yeah. No, you don't have to. Because in many translations, when it says error, it says heresy. Mm. So how could Paul says that no, what we're saying is not uh, because we're into heresy. Heresy as compared to what? Where do we find the standard from which heresy can be defined? Ah, good point. Uh, you know, it's um, in Paris they have the... Uh, pattern for the metric system. Right, okay. That's the standard, you know. And, and uh, so everything has to be measured up to the standard that you find in, in Paris. So this is the cano uh, canonical writings, right? Right. But what is the definition, really, what it comes down to? It was the word of God that came down from heaven, spoken by God himself and written by his own finger. Right. The Ten Commandments. Right. That's why the Antichrist is called the lawless one, because he deviates from that that standard of canon. Yeah. And and so it is the Torah that is the standard of canon. Oh, sorry. You're good, you're good. Okay. That uh, Paul says, we're not deviating from that. We're not her heretics. Right. It, it does not come from changing what God has already spoken. Yeah. Let me show you that from another passage. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, as you're looking, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I was just having a conversation with someone the other day about Paul. Uh -huh. And I said, well, we have two options with Paul, right? Either Paul is a heretic, right? Uh-huh. 
or he's saying something other than what mainstream Christianity is saying, right? Mm-hmm. One or the other, mm-hmm. because we know what a false prophet is. We have the test of a false prophet. Right. We know what the Messiah is going to say and do from right. the scriptures. We know what the Antichrist, the lawless one, is going to say and do. So if Paul is saying these other things, then Paul's not <laughs> what God, and, and God himself ordained Paul's ministry. I mean, right. Jesus spoken. This so is my cannot, chosen vessel right. to bring the good news, of, you know, whatever. He said, yeah, I'm sitting him. Which means he must be in line with everything that has been written before exactly he right. came on the scene. So it has to be compared. This is very interesting. First Timothy chapter 1. We're talking, I think, to a lot of uh, people here in the audience who can identify with the Hebrew roots movement. Sure, yeah. And uh, of people who have discovered the Torah. Yes. Right. I find this to be so to the point for our uh, people. I uh, I identify myself as one of those who have uh, discovered the Torah. Um, so can we read maybe from verse 3 for the sake of context? I, as sure. I urge you, when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, in other words, no heresy, nor to devote themselves to myths or endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. How does that trans- uh, in your translation? It says, nor four. give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. You know, that's good. I like that, right? Yeah. And then it continues. The aim of our charge or our preaching is what? Love. 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 Uh, Which issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion desiring to be teachers of the Torah without knowing or understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Ah. So, in other words, if our teaching from the Torah leads to speculations, discussions and divisions, and, you know, rather than the order that comes from the stewardship of faith then we have missed it because the aim must be love. If we love one another, we have understood what the Torah is striving to. I have a feeling that I'm going to take this and study this more, and I'm going to be preaching this a lot. Wow. And then it continues. It gets better because this is what I was It gets better? Yeah. (laughs) In verse 8. Now we know that the Torah is good. If, it, if one uses it lawfully or in the way it should be used. In right. other words, in order to preach love from a pure heart. Right, okay. Okay? Understanding this, that the law, the Torah, is not laid down. It's not aiming against. It's not laying a charge against those who are just. Because they live already according to the Torah. Mm. But for them, the lawless... And the disobedient, and then it comes a long list here, for the ungodly, sinners, unholy, profane, those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and here it is, 
whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. The Torah teaches us what is contrary to sound doctrine. It exposes things right. that deviates from sound doctrine yeah. and a walk of love. So that's what we uh, that's the right use of the Torah is to tell us what is right and what is wrong. Right. And and when you know what is right, then you will be living a word a, a life of love. Study in the uh, pastoral epistles of Paul the expression sound doctrine. Okay, right. sound doctrine. I'm, I'm going to do that. Right. Sound doctrine. Because sound doctrine in those pastoral epistles, sorry. I, You're good. Okay. It, it always is connected with living right. It's not, it's like how you behave, how you act. Not how you think, necessarily. No, not how yeah. you think or like, do you have the right doctrine about. The communion, Trinity, baptism, right. whatever. Right, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, that's important, and you know we sure, can, uh, sure. and we don't need to neglect that. But always sound doctrine when it comes here in the, the way Paul uses it, it has to do with living right, mm. according to the commandments that God has laid down in the Torah, showing us what is sound. So it's funny that you say that because there's two things um, that I think bear witness to that statement. Uh, the first one is that Jesus says that you will know them by their fruit. Well, how do you see someone's fruit? Fruit is on the outside. I, I am not God. I can't weigh the motives of your heart. That's and right. tell you that you're doing this because of X. Now, I may have discerning of spirits or sure. things like that, and, and I have, may have a good common sense idea. Right. But... It's not my job to judge your motives, right? right? And it's not anybody's job to do that to anyone else. However, we will know them by their fruit, the things they do, right? The things they put right. into action. That they produce. The second thing is, um, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I had a conversation with Rabbi Jeremy Gimpel. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that conversation, he and I were speaking, and he had brought up something I'd heard him say a long time ago before. I, maybe I brought it up. I don't remember. The dichotomy between Judaism and Christianity. In Judaism, it's all about what you do. Mm -hmm. Actions, actions, actions. Right, right, right. They have a very strict way. They have the halacha, right? The, right. This is what How you, you do. walk. This is what you do. Uh, but when it comes to the things of God or mysticism, or things, you can kind of think whatever you want, right? The, the sky is the limit. There's a lot of liberty there right. in thought. In Christianity, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It, you have to believe this. This <laughs> is what you have to think. This is how right. things are. You have to have this mental, you know, whatever. Because it's based on Greek thinking. Right. Yeah. But you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and that concept, you can do whatever you want, right. shows that you are in error. Right. Because sound doctrine has to do with what you do. Amen. How you live. Amen. And that's why you can say, for instance, this hyper-grace gospel is heresy. Right. Because right. it is, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Right. Uh, and they define, for instance, repentance uh, from the Greek rather from the Hebrew. Right. Repentance meaning thinking different. Yes. You know, but in Hebrew it means to turn around. Yes. To walk. Right. Away. Away. <laughs> yeah. And to walk in the other direction. Yeah. So it has to do with walk. Halakha, you said, you know, yeah. that's why Yeshua said, I am the way. The way, yes. I am the halakha. What, uh, what you see in him, that is 
that the truth that is the way uh, the example we are to follow right and what did he he never did away with the torah he lived a perfect life in obedience to the torah Hallelujah. so in its fullness and we're called to walk as, as he, he walked. walked yes in its fullness <laughs> i remember i was in a debate uh quite a few years ago with some people that were opposed to what i was speaking on the torah Sure. You know, saying that, uh, you know, what we need is grace, not law. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that was the opponent's view, and they had this debate with me, and I especially remember one lady who said that very kind of aggressively, yeah. you know, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, we, we don't need the law. What we need is grace. And, of course, we do need grace. Oh, abs uh, yeah. absolutely. But we need both. So... But towards the end of the, this debate, I remember she came to, uh, uh, I think it was the Holy Spirit who gave her this thought. She said, by the way, did Jesus follow the Torah? Did he follow the law? And I said, I think that basically every theologian, anyone you ask, would tell you that he fulfilled <laughs> yeah, yeah he lived the law he he lived a perfect life according to the law and then she said but doesn't it say that we are to live as he lived huh <laughs> what a revelation and I said, yeah the, the revelation yeah. came to her and i said you said it well in order for and that ended the question i mean from a theological standpoint in order for the uh for him to be a qualified uh, which who am I to qualify Yeshua, right? But for him to be qualified scripturally uh, as the propitiation for sin, keeping the Torah in the law perfectly to even under their own little system that they've created in order to relieve me from the, the law, he had to keep it perfectly in order to do that. So it's within all of that that he had to. Now, it's funny. Um, I, I don't know where I got this from. Uh, maybe the Holy Spirit, but I've been saying this for a long time. Uh, God is our Father. Amen? Good fathers instruct their children, right? Correct. Good fathers don't leave their children to just come up with their own thing exactly. in liberty or right. whatever, right? Right. That's not liberty. That's the Torah. confusion. Exactly. The Torah is the gift of God's grace yeah. to his children. Right. So we see Proverbs, grace. It says this: "Listen to my Torah. Listen right. to my son. Hear my teaching." We have mis misinterpreted grace, I believe, to mean getting away from the consequences. That's truly what mercy is, right? That the consequences for my sin are not being held against me. Grace is not getting away with murder, so to speak. That's, right. It's not getting away with your sin. Right. Grace is the abundant gift of God in spite of your sin, right? So the Torah being instructions from a loving father to his children is grace. <laughs> that is true. That's why it says in John uh, about uh, grace upon grace. Yes. The law was grace. Yes. But he gave us grace... Upon, upon grace. grace, meaning the grace that came through Yeshua is the power to do the Torah. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, the best definition of grace that I know is 1 Corinthians 15 and verse uh, 
uh, 8, I believe, or it could be verse 10, but 1 Corinthians 15, uh, where it says, no, it's verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So God's grace, that it is his power to be what God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do. That is God's grace. Now, if there's a true grace, there's also a false grace. And Peter speaks about the same thing in 1 Peter, uh, where it says in chapter 5, I'm getting excited here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, In verse 12, 1 Peter 5, By Silvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. So there is a false, you know, grace that people uh, have made up of what it's not. The true grace of God is the power and ability to do what he wants us to do and to be what he wants us to be. Amen. Because the grace of God, it teaches us to avoid ungodliness. Well, the Holy Spirit does that. I mean, Jesus says, right? Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Um, you know, so somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit, I've, I've, I've probably said this a million times, for me, speaking in tongues or... Uh, the other gifts of the Spirit that manifest are, mm-hmm. are, are great. But the true sign of a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit is someone that avoids sin, mm-hmm. seeks after and practices righteousness, and makes mm-hmm. good decisions. Right. <laughs> that, that, and then, now, now put the gifts on that person, that person's unstoppable. That's right. You know? Uh, anyways, you were... I we see have were. to have the first things first. Yes. So in Titus 2 and 11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. That's the true grace of God. Hallelujah. It, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. We cannot do this without the grace of God. It has to be God's grace enabling us to do that. Waiting for our blessed hope appearing uh, and the appearing of our and glory of our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness Amen. and to purify for himself a people of his own passion who are zealous good works that's grace yeah so we have uh, the new covenant has been given to us to empower us that's why it is a better covenant it's not a covenant that most christians think it's better because it did away with the law i don't have to care well on the contrary i mean when i read the text of the new covenant i find it in hebrews and i find it in jeremiah 31 yeah that he's going to put his Law, his Torah, in our yeah, minds right. and in our hearts, and write them not, on our inward parts. Right, right. That we're gonna not to do away with it. Right, and that's and that's the thing. And and I think that um, you know one of our, our the missions of Christians with Torah as a as a as a podcast and and getting the word out about the Torah is pulling the veil away because 
I, I can't tell you, I mean, as a guy, right, and, and a young, a younger businessman, I'm in some circles with some other Christian businessmen, and uh, there'll always be some, some what they call scuttlebutt, you know, some little conversations, some snickering about me being in, you know, kind of a looking at the Torah the way that I do and all of that. And people always have that curious, you know, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll want to talk to me on the side. So what's this, you know, like they'll be very curious. But uh, one of the things, so they'll say like about the Torah, oh, so you keep, you know, you're, you're keep the Torah. I was like, well, I, I certainly pursue the Torah, mm-hmm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, so what do you, you put your wife out every, you know, once a month outside the house or whatever. And I'm like, so I go to my Bible and I'll be like, find it. Show me where it says to, right, you know, right, and right, so it's right. like, you know, just the ignorance. Or do you stone your children? Right, right. You know, and it, things like exactly. that. Exactly. The ignorance uh, that it is really what's hiding people from it, right? And so I believe that's a plan of the enemy. I believe one of the plans of yeah. the enemy is did God really say? It's mm-hmm. the first thing that came out of the, the serpent's mouth who is more subtle than all the other beasts of the field, right? The creatures uh, that he just twists. just and, and even then, he didn't even twist it. All he did was cast doubt on it. Did he really say? Right. I mean, he just asked right. the question, right. and we just fall apart. You know, right. like like what's wrong with us? So, um, before we run out of time, mm-hmm. um, I want to mention your book, um, "The Birth Pangs of Messiah: The Salvation of Israel." Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it goes along with a lot of what we're saying here, uh, with what we're talking about, with the grace of God and the fullness of the Gentiles and our role as the people in the ends of the earth coming out of the nations and saying to the daughters of Zion, behold, right? Salvation is coming and yeah. his reward is with him and his work, his recompense is before him, right? Well, uh, I can just say that um, I believe the message is, is uh, very exciting. Um, a main part of it is something that I've never heard anybody preach. Um, that uh, uh, God has truly shown me from the scriptures and I find it to be very exciting. But uh, the reason why this book is coming out now is because we have, we're seeing, we're witnessing now what is happening in the world that um, the politicians are losing their power to do something about the problems of the world. Our only hope now is for the Messiah to come and to establish his kingdom. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, so the time is here now. And we know that he is going to come to Jerusalem at the invitation of his own people Yeah, that will accept him. And we see this pattern, you know, about Joseph. He was rejected by his brothers and... And they did not want him to rule over uh, over them, and they sold him to the Egyptians, and so he ended up with the Gentiles, and and then he he became their savior, and when they discovered it, you know, it was a shock of their lives, and so there's um, uh, scriptures are very clear that it's going to be this this amazing uh, discovery yeah. of his own people when they see who he truly is. I think that's one of the most dramatic moments in the whole Torah, in the Torah portion by Igash, where Joseph right. reveals himself and says, I need Yosef, I, right. I am Joseph. Right. I mean, he's going to reveal himself. Yeah. yeah, and that is, they are speechless. Yeah. They don't know what to say because that was the last candidate. Yeah. Well, what, are you going to kill us now? Right? right. They didn't know what was going to happen, right. right? So anyway, so we are living in these exciting times when uh, when we're coming to the climax of world history 
at the end of the age when uh, the Jewish Messiah is going to be returning to his own people. So what does it mean when it says all Israel shall be saved? And how is that going to happen? That's what the book is all about because we need it. We we have come to a place now. I live in Jerusalem. I live in Israel. And I see that there is no politician that can solve the problems now that Israel is headed into. It has to be the Messiah. Wow. And so that's why I wanted to teach about these things that how is this going to happen? And how can we be a part of redemption for Israel uh, in embracing their Messiah? So... That's what it's all That's about. It. And I guess if you want to know the rest, you got to buy the book, right? Yeah, yeah. So where can uh, the audience go to find the book? Well, it fi- you can find it in Beit Tehillah's bookstore. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, which, again, if you guys want to email me, ryan at twopraise.net, you can order it through us. We'd be happy to ship it sure. to you. But where else can or they find it? Or you can find it from our website, which okay. arielmedia.shop. Ariel Media, because I ordered. Yeah, well, let me let me yeah, see. Yeah. I don't even know because we have two, arielmedia dot shop. Yeah, that's right. So that's Is Ariel A R I E L. Yeah, media dot shop. Dot we shop. have another address that can also work that I know for certain. Arielmedia dot S E. Okay. Yep. Um, actually, the dot shop address I personally used this week because you guys also have the daily bread right uh, that is coming out. So I think for October we'll start the new season and so in yeah, the end of september so i went ahead and pre-ordered the ones for ashley and i to use for the coming wow. year yep wow. so for daily bread and so what daily bread does is you know we do the tour portions every week on here mm-hmm. uh and so uh what it does is it breaks up the tour portions along with the half tours and a brit hadashah or like a new testament portion and the prophets and the writings right right so that you read through the entire bible in one year in harmony with look at me i'm telling what your book is <laughs> <laughs> It's not a book, it's a journal. Right, a journal, that's right. Uh, and the pages are empty because you write them. <laughs> yes, yes. But my sister says it's by far the best book I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> she says, this is your best book, Lord. Right. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, just a, a, a guide for a- anybody who wants to uh, get uh, all the whole Bible sure. in one year and on a daily basis. and having all those portions every day. Yeah. It's a portion from the Torah every day. Yeah. It's a portion from the t- prophets every day. Wow. It's a, prof- a portion from the writings or the Psalms every day. Wow. And it's a, p- a portion from the apostles every day. Wow, so awesome. you get a balanced diet huh. spiritually sure. every day. Vitamins, proteins, <laughs> uh, you know, carbohydrates, you get it all in a balanced form on a daily basis because the Bible says we should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. And those words are in this book. That's right. They are God-breathed. They have come out from the mouth of God and that's what we live on on a daily basis. And it's going to be more and more important in days ahead. Amen. Have you ever used it before? Uh, I've used it partially, yes. My plan, though, is this year... Um, as I mentioned to you while we, before we started, um, I've been up praying in mm-hmm. the mornings, and uh, I've been reading, but and I have specific things that I wanted to read, but I, I think when we start the new Torah cycle, uh, I want to use a more guided method for my reading. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like right now, I'm interested in the book of Samuel, so I'm reading First and Second Samuel, and okay. 
Uh, but I'm interested in a, a more guided approach. Well, I have used it for my own, uh, in, for myself for the past 10 years. Oh, wow. On a daily basis. Wow. And uh, it's a blessing, let yeah. me tell you. Praise I have God. revival every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I write down what he speaks to me in the revival. Yeah. So uh, it is a help, you know, that motivates me. What did I get out of this? What is it here that I need to retain? Sure. So I write that down. And it's not a big book so that um, for the most part it is really parallel references. Compare this with so-and-so. Compare this sure, with so-and-so. Sure. So then, and that's how I learned the Bible yeah. today. So it's a very, and I know because it's covering the entire Bible in one year yeah. that I will get it all. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And then, uh, I mean, you're a prolific author at this point. Um, last time you were here, I think we were like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> we, uh, I, I talked about your other two books, The Joy of the Whole Earth, which is about Jerusalem, right. uh, which is a fantastic book. I, I tell people when I talk about the book, and I've given actually copies away. I bought people with a book wow. and given it away to people. Well, because I believe it, right? I believe mm. that Jerusalem is the joy, right? Uh, and that the, the centrality of Jerusalem and how... You know, and then even in uh, I think it's First Kings chapter eight or Second Kings, First Kings eight about Solomon's prayer about you know, hey, even if people from the nations, a stranger, a foreigner, puts their hands towards this place, right, right. And, lives and prays, you know, then give them what they want, Lord. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, yes, so you powerful. Know, it is, and and uh, and then just the idea that uh, Jerusalem is the Garden of Eden and will be again someday, and yeah. uh, so that's a great book, The Joy of the Whole Earth, and then also uh, The Stumbling Stone, right? Um, what an eye-opening book. Uh, one of the things that creeps into the Hebrews' movements is the diminishing of Yeshua, right. um, and it's not always easy when somebody is... You, the, we talked about this, right? I mean, the enemy, the first thing he does is he right. twists, yeah. twists, but he's using Scripture, yeah. right? He's using what God said, and he, sometimes he's not even twisting it, he's just questioning, right? Uh, did God really say? Uh, and and then we, we fall apart if we don't have the real thing, you know, inside of us, written on our mind and our heart. And so uh, the stumbling stone is a great scriptural reference guide to the deity of Yeshua, who he is and why it's important. And so I recommend that book too. So if anything that you've written, I recommend to folks. I'm, I'm well, about two-thirds of the way through your book now, uh, but I got it, I think, yesterday or the day yeah, before. So, so, you know, give me some time good. already. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Um, You're doing good. But thank you so much. I mean, you know, the, the work you guys are doing is not uh, unnoticed by us, and uh, we oh, appreciate you. you. So thank you. We appreciate you. And uh, if somebody would like to, uh, so we know how they can shop for the books, but if they mm. want to reach out to you or send you an email or anything. They can go to uh, the w website, The Watchman, singular, M-A-N, not M-E-N. Okay. Thewatchman.org. Okay, thewatchman.org. And there is... Um, should be a link there if you want to send an email to And that's your prayer ministry based in Jerusalem, the Watchman right, International, that right, website. Right. Okay. That's our ministry period uh, to prepare the way of the Lord. Uh, I have 2,000 pages of Torah commentary that maybe I should mention about <laughs> as well, which is cool. I didn't know this. Wow. Oh, you didn't know. Okay. Incredible. So that... I hope to, uh, it could it will come out in book form. It's both on video and it's uh, you can subscribe to it. Uh, okay. So we send it every month. 
but we hope to get it out in book form as well in a two volume set uh this year okay so and then i have out of print my book uh, the, the time of jacob's trouble wow so um that is also coming soon i hope very good very good so uh, a lot to look forward to. Amen. And God has been so good and his grace abounds. Amen. Amen. Thank God for his grace <laughs> Amen. that fulfills the Torah. <laughs> Amen. 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 So thank you. Uh, many blessings to you. Thank you. Uh, blessings to you guys. Uh, as always, you know, like, share, subscribe. These videos, you know, we do them. Right. And we appreciate you to get them out there for us. And uh, if you have any questions, anything that you need, uh, you can email me, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Shalom.